Welcome to the third episode of Missing the Apex. I'm your host, Sam Fletcher. This week on the show, we'll be doing a weekend review. We've got a brand new segment called Look at the State of It, and we'll be having a look at the weekend ahead. Let's get into it. Weekend Review. The penultimate round of the Verizon IndyCar series was held over the weekend at the Grand Prix of Portland. In qualifying, it was a Team Penske one too, with Australian Will Power getting pole ahead of teammate Joseph Newgarden and Alexander Rossi. On the opening lap of the race, championship leader Scott Dixon was caught up in an incident but somehow avoided any serious damage. From there, he was given a drive-through penalty after a pit speed violation. However, after some fortunate timing with mid-race cautions and a flawless fuel-saving strategy, he dragged the number 9 PNC Bank Chip Ganassi Racing Honda from the back of the field to finish ahead of his main title rivals, Alexander Rossi and Will Power in 5th place, extending his points lead to 29 points. Meanwhile, up front was ex-Formula 1 driver Takuma Sato taking his first win since the 2017 Indy 500, which also doubled as his first win for Rahul Letterman Lanigan Racing. And yes, if you're wondering about the Letterman name in that team, it's because former Late Show presenter David Letterman actually co-owns the team. How cool is that? To Formula 1 now, the 88th running of the Italian Grand Prix was at Monza over the weekend. As expected in qualifying, the Ferraris dominated, locking out the front row of the Italian Grand Prix for the first time since Schumacher and Barrichello did it in 2000. However, it was Kimi Raikkonen who got one up on his teammate Sebastian Vettel, taking pole with a stunning lap time of a 119.1, which took the fin into the record books, breaking one Pablo Montoya's 14-year-old record as the fastest recorded lap in F1 history. Come race day though, there was another magical display. This time it was Mercedes driver Lewis Hamilton who drove one of the best races in his career, much to the Tifosi's dismay. On the opening lap of the race, Hamilton dived around the outside of title rival Sebastian Vettel at the second chicane. With light contact, Vettel turned himself around, in the meantime watching his title hopes just evaporate. Hamilton unscathed then went to work hunting down the Ferrari of Kimi Raikkonen and with 8 laps remaining made his move for the lead. Raikkonen with aged tyres put up a fight but ultimately couldn't hold the Mercedes at bay. Raikkonen eventually nursing his car home in 2nd place gaining his 100th Formula 1 podium. Further back Red Bull's Max Verstappen was in a heated battle for the final spot on the podium with the Mercedes of Valtteri Bottas. Bottas couldn't find a way past and the two touched going into turn 1 with the stewards giving Max Verstappen a 5 second post race penalty. Verstappen crossed the line third but Bottas inherited the spot once the penalty was applied. Sebastian Vettel managed to fight his way back through the pack to finish fourth. Now it's time for our brand new segment, Look at the State of It. Look at the state of it! This segment of the show is basically me giving my perspective and opinion on things. First though, Max Verstappen's 5 second penalty against Valtteri Bottas. It was a blatant, blatant, blatant racing incident. Bottas tried to move around the outside, they touch wheels, Bottas runs off, Max finishes third on track, got a five second post-race penalty, Bottas got third, he gets to go up on the podium, but he couldn't get the move done, so bullshit in my opinion. Now though, a more serious note, last year's NASCAR Monster Energy Cup championship winning team, Furniture Row Racing will cease operation at the end of this 2018 season due to a lack of funding. With their driver Cup Series champion Martin Truex Jr. looking set to join Joe Gibbs Racing for 2019. Yeah, this this really shows where World Motorsports at at the moment. Go back five years, even the Minnow NASCAR teams had zero issue finding funding as it was basically one of the most popular sports in America, let alone the top teams, you know. Like, the top teams would always get funding and they'd have, you know, the likes of M&M or they'd have Mobile. They'd have all those big, big companies on board, the millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of backing each year. But for last year's championship team to cease operation basically due to a lack of funding, that really shows where... World Motorsports ad at the moment. Um, 
I, from a driving point of view, completely understand the reality of finding the budget to go racing. A lot of people don't tend to understand how much it really, really does cost to go racing. This shows just how hard it is in world motorsport at the moment when top teams and drivers are struggling to get corporate sponsorship. There's next to no hope for young drivers coming up through the ranks that don't come from a wealthy family or they don't have the corporate sponsorship or they don't know people and such. This topic affects the majority of young drivers. I've personally seen this firsthand with other drivers and I've and as a driver myself, I've personally run into this gigantic hurdle. Here's a snapshot of what it costs to run realistically. This, now all these numbers are basically to buy a seat in these respective categories. Um, it's not buying the car. A lot of it isn't covering damage, travel, all that sort of stuff. So, right, let's start at the bottom with karting. A lot of drivers you see in Formula 1, NASCAR, no matter where they are, they started in karting. Basically, to run at a national level in kart, it's not uncommon to have people spending six figures. Around about 100k is for you to be running every weekend and you're throwing new tyres at every session, things like that. The natural progression into cars out of carts would be Formula Ford, and you're looking at, I would say, around the $120,000 mark. If you're looking to get into a top team, that would be to lease a car, and that would run you for the year. That's not including damage either. Out of Formula Ford, here in New Zealand and Australia, um, we've got the Toyota 86 series. I've got personal experience in these cars. I've done test days in them. Um, we're currently looking to actually find the budget ourselves to run in Australia next year full-time. You're looking at around $2,500 a test day. Um, to lease in New Zealand, you're looking around the $70,000 mark. If you're going to lease in Australia, you're looking at around $90,000. To buy a car in either country, you're looking at about $90,000. You know, so if you go and buy a car, you're looking at $90,000 to buy the car, $90,000 to run the car, and you're probably looking at around ten to twenty thousand dollars worth of accident budget because you can't really trust the drivers around you um if you wanted to head to indycar in america the first sort of step on that ladder would be usf 2000 and that's about 200 to 300 thousand dollars us to to basically buy a drive in that category the next step from there is pro mazda and that's about half a million plus the step down from indycar is indy lights and you're looking at about one to two million dollars US depending the level of the team you're going to run with basically the best team is always going to be up the front of the championship that's where you're going to get noticed so you've kind of got to spend the money if you do want to to reach the top IndyCar itself you're looking at around three to eight million dollars US to buy a seat in that category again it sort of varies on the team so to run off a top team like Team Penske the reality is you're not going to buy a drive so yeah, so for a solid mid-pack team you're probably looking around that eight million mark for a bottom end team that, you know, might be in the top 10 one or two races a year, you're probably looking around three to four million. If you're like me and you want to get to V8 Supercars in Australia, the next step out of the Toyota 86 series would be to Porsche Carrera Cup or the Dunlop Super 2 series. Carrera Cup cars to buy are around $350,000 to $400,000 New Zealand dollars. That would be literally just buying the car. To run it, you're probably looking at around half a million again. The Dunlop Super 2 Series, so these are basically the same as V8 Supercars, they're the older cars, older generation cars. You're looking at $600,000 upwards, and that's to be sort of a mid-pack mid sort of team. To run with a top team, you're looking at spending a million dollars a year. Supercars itself, first though, you need a super license, so basically you need to prove yourself in lower categories to gain basically points towards a license. If you do get that license and you go, you know what, I've got a corporate sponsor behind me, or I've got a rich family behind me, we want to go and buy a drive in Vat Supercars. You're looking at around three to five million 
a year. That's basically what it is to run a car. If you want to get to the absolute pinnacle of motor racing and get to Formula One, to get into a mid-ranked team, you're looking at around 15 to 30 million pounds plus. It's not unheard of to hear people that are paying for seats 40 million pounds plus. You're not going to get a seat at Ferrari, Mercedes or Red Bull. They have young driver programs, so if you are showing lots of promise early on, they tend to pick you up, sign you up, and uh, they look after the rest. So that's that's the reality of it, folks. Uh, it is a lot of money. Uh, it, it does suck to see a top team go down because that almost has no hope for the little guys. Now, though, we'll head to the weekend ahead. The weekend ahead. MotoGP is racing at Mizano World Circuit. Marco Simoncelli for the San Marino Grand Prix this weekend. Last time out, it was a last lap move from Mark Marquez that won a very wet race at Mizano after chasing down Ducati rider and wet weather specialist Danilo Petrucci. Andrea Davizioso came home third ahead of Pulse at a Maverick Vinales. Should the weather stay dry this weekend, though, I'd expect to see Ducati riders Jorge Lorenzo and Andrea Davizioso towards the front. You can never count out Spanish rider Mark Marquez, though, as he's been in fine form this season. Hometown hero Valentino Rossi will also be looking to get his first win of the year in front of his home fans. Lastly, to Germany now, and the world-famous Nürburgring is hosting the DTM this coming weekend. Last year, both races were won by Mercedes-AMG drivers, Lucas Auer winning race one, and this year's IndyCar Rookie of the Year, Robert Wickens winning race two. Coming into the weekend, Scottish driver Paul DeResta leads the championship by nine points over British driver Gary Paffey. Audi driver and defending DTM champion Rene Rast had bad luck last time out at Mazzano, with a puncture in race one forcing him to retire. However, he bounced back with a third in race three. Also in need of a solid weekend is BMW's Marco Whitman, who currently sits fourth in the championship, but with three rounds remaining trails by 74 points. And that, folks, is Missing the Apex for another week. Tune in next week. I'll be previewing the Singapore Formula One Grand Prix and its supercars enduro season, so I'll be talking the Sandown 500. Make sure you follow Missing the Apex on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I've been your host, Sam Fletcher. I'll catch you next week. (laughs) 